It's great to, uh, to have Ben and uh, Rachel with us. Ben and Rachel Goodyear. Uh, ben leads St Paul's, which is on Ferndale Road. It's where we do the food bank every week. And uh, I first met Ben about, uh, I think about two and a half years ago, when, when both our churches were looking at getting involved in food bank. And uh, we, happened, we ended up in a meeting with um, the chap who oversees all the food banks in London, uh, plus the lady who was running the food bank in Norwood. And as a result, we became the Norwood and Brixham Food Bank. And uh, uh, we, we began um, uh, sort of, I suppose, a, a really fruitful partnership from there. So uh, we started that about two, two and a half years ago. I think it's been running for a couple of years uh, subsequently, we started the youth work that I talk about. We started the Alpha course. And actually, Ben and I, with a few other people, meet to pray every Thursday morning. Um, and it's just been really, really fruitful and really helpful uh, for me, actually. Um, so it's a real privilege to have him. And we've got to know him and Rachel a bit, Paulie and I, which has been also great, just getting to know Ben. And so, uh, yeah, it, you're very welcome, Ben. Uh, why don't we give Ben a little round of applause? And then it's good to, it's really lovely to be here. I know lots of you already, which is lovely because I've seen you at youth or at food bank or prayer meetings or whatever. So it's really great to, to be here with you uh, to, to preach. Um, I'm going to uh, do a couple of churches together plugs before I preach just to uh, let you know some things that are exciting that are coming up. Uh, one of them is that next Thursday morning, sorry, next Friday morning on Valentine's Day at five o'clock in the morning, we're going to be delivering... Uh, helium balloons across the whole of the Blenheim estate to show people that God loves them. And, uh, and that's really exciting. I'm really excited about that. And uh, we've brought the balloons, we've got the helium gas ready. What we need now is the people. So I'm sure none of you are doing anything particularly at five o'clock in the morning. So come along and, uh, and join in. And you can, um, uh, there's information on the, on the St Paul's website about that if you want to find out more how you can sign up. I think Owen put it out on his, uh, his weekly uh, email out to you guys. So uh, yeah, do come and get involved on that. And then coming up uh, in March, uh, there's going to be 24-7 uh, prayer happening across the whole of Lambeth, okay, for the whole of Lent. And so uh, it's going to start up in Waterloo, and it's going to work its way down through to Brixton and end up in Streatham. So there's going to be continuous prayer over the whole of Lambeth for the whole of Lent, and it's really... I think God's going to do an amazing thing uh, through that. So when the moment comes, when the information gets out there, sign up to do an hour of prayer and uh, see what the Lord uh, does in that time in you and in our community. All right, uh, no more uh, from me about that. Let's uh, carry on. Let's uh, pray. And then uh, we're going to hear God's word uh, from John 3. Lord God, we uh, just thank you for your word. And we pray now you'll make it alive to us. Lord, help us to understand it. Help us to apply it. Lord, so that we uh, can do your will, Lord, and become the people you want us to be. We pray this in Jesus' name. Yes. Amen. Amen. Uh, I'm going to be uh, preaching from John 3, uh, which uh, I don't know what page it is on your Bible. You've probably got different Bibles. Uh, I'm using the NIV, but use whatever your usual translation is. And, and let's look at this passage together. Now, there was a man of the Pharisees called Nicodemus a member of the Jewish ruling council. He came to Jesus at night and said, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher who has come from God, for no one could perform the miraculous signs that you are doing if God were not with him. In reply, Jesus declared, I tell you the truth, no one can see the kingdom of God unless he is born again. 
How can a man be born when he's, when he's old? Nicodemus asked. Surely he cannot enter a second time into his mother's womb to be born. Jesus answered, I tell you the truth. No one can enter the kingdom of God unless he's born of water and spirit. Flesh gives birth to flesh, but the spirit gives birth to spirit. You should not be surprised at my saying, you must be born again. The wind blows wherever it pleases. You hear its sound, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it's going. So it is with everyone born of the Spirit. How can this be? Nicodemus asked. You are Israel's teacher, said Jesus, and you do not understand these things. I tell you the truth. We speak of what we know and we testify of what we've seen, but, but still you people do not accept our testimony. I've spoken to you of earthly things and you do not believe. How then will you believe if I speak of heavenly things? No one has ever gone into heaven except the one who came from heaven, the Son of Man. Just as Moses lifted up the snake in the desert, so the Son of Man must be lifted up, and that everyone who believes in him may have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. What would you say if someone was to ask you, why are you a Christian? How would you respond? Maybe you would answer by telling someone your story of how you became a Christian, the key factors that influenced you and maybe what difference Jesus made today. Often we call this our testimony because we're testifying about what God has done in our life. Another response might be to tell God's story. You might go through a gospel track like Why Jesus or Two Ways to Live or Journey into Life. You might say how we've all sinned and how sin leads to death. But God sent Jesus to die in our place so that we get eternal life instead of death. Maybe you'd open up your Bible and walk someone through a passage of scripture like John 3. Maybe you would be a bit tongue-tied and you wouldn't know what to say. What I want to say to you today is this. You do have something to say. You have the best news in the whole world. You've got the key to eternal life and you've personally experienced that good news yourself. We can share our story and we can share God's story. So let's start with God's story. John 3 is a really good passage to go through for someone who's starting to ask questions about Jesus. Just like Nicodemus was doing with Jesus. Nicodemus visits Jesus at night. Probably didn't want any of his Jewish council colleagues to know that he was talking to Jesus. Nicodemus approaches Jesus and he butters him up. Nice sandals. Really suits you to wear socks with them. And I love what you've done with your beard. He may or may not have said. What we actually have recorded is this. Rabbi, we know you are a teacher who comes from God. For no one could perform the miraculous signs you're doing if God were not with him. He doesn't ask a question, yet Jesus seems to answer one. I tell you the truth. No one can see the kingdom of God unless he's born again. Where did that come from? Well, Jesus knew that Nicodemus was a religious person. 
Not only that, but in verse 10, we see that he was a teacher. He was a Jew, and the Jews thought that because they were born a Jew, that they had special favour with God. But Jesus says, no, that's not enough. You need to be born again. How can a man be born when he's old, Nicodemus asked. Surely he cannot enter a second time into his mother's womb. Jesus then clarifies, I tell you the truth, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless he's born of water and the Spirit. Flesh gives birth to flesh, but the Spirit gives birth to spirit. You should not be surprised at my saying, you must be born again. The wind blows wherever it pleases. You hear its sound, but you cannot tell where it's going from or where it's going. So it is with everyone born of the Spirit. Uh, you what? Responds Nicodemus. At which point Jesus loses his rag. You are Israel's teacher. You do not understand these things. Jesus is saying, I'm not talking about physical birth. Of course you can't enter your mother's womb again. No, I'm talking about a spiritual rebirth. He talks about the need to be born of the water and of the spirit. John the Baptist had been baptising people in water in the River Jordan. And his baptism was one of repentance. But Jesus says you need to turn away from your sins and you need to be filled with the Spirit. Jesus then takes Nicodemus back to part of Israel's history in Numbers 21, where everyone was getting bitten by snakes. And they were dying because they had disobeyed God. But God loved them. He wanted to give them a lifeline. So they, if they looked up to this snake that Moses had made, then they would live. Jesus says, in the same way, for people today to receive eternal life, I, Jesus, need to be lifted up on a cross to die for them. If they believe in me, they will not die, but get eternal life. John 3.16 is a brilliant summary of the gospel, the good news that we have. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. God's not this big, angry meanie that wants to spoil everyone's fun. He's our creator. He gives us life. He loves us. When he created the world, he said it was good. When he created humans, he said it was very good. Molto bene. He doesn't want anyone to die because he loves us. But we're also sinful. Romans 3.23 says, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. If you look at the picture of the screen, sorry it's a bit um, uh, unclear, but basically you've got, uh, here you've got, um, people, uh, and all are, and you've got God here. God is holy, we are sinful, and there's this bridge between, uh, sort of this gap uh, where the two cannot mix. And we try different things, we try good works, we try religion, we try philosophy, but none of those things will help us to reach God. They don't deal with our sin. And that is why we need Jesus to take away the sin from us, to make us holy. That is why Jesus had to die to repair the bridge that was broken because sin separates us from God. 
good works, religion, philosophy, none of them can bridge that gap. Only God, through the power of the cross, has the power to defeat sin. The cross acts as the bridge between us and God. When Jesus died on the cross, he took all our sin, all our guilt, all our junk, as we were hearing earlier. It's gone. It's dealt with. We're saved by grace alone. We're saved because God has given us life that we don't deserve. Jesus' name means salvation, and Jesus has saved us. We have this good news. This grace, this grace is brilliant news. This is great news. This is something that we just have to tell people about. The bridge illustration here is one way maybe that we can use to tell others this good news. Now the people that we know are all at different stages of their journey. Some people are open to hearing about Jesus and others aren't. A theologian called Engel tried to map out our journey towards God. If we could do the next slide. And what he came up this kind of scale from uh, minus 10 uh, to zero to plus 10. And minus 10 indicated that there was kind of no awareness of God at all. Zero indicated a, a change of allegiance from being our own bosses to letting God be our boss. And then plus 10 is when we become perfected in Christ, mature in our faith. Now, some of us may only be at the beginning of our journeys, and others of us might be near the end. And most of us are probably somewhere in the middle. I wonder where you are today on your journey. Our friends will all be at different stages of their journeys. Some will be sceptics. In Acts 24, 25, we read this. As Paul discoursed on righteousness, self-control and judgment to come, Felix was afraid and said, that's enough for now. You may leave. When I find it convenient, I will send for you. Felix couldn't handle Paul talking about God. He just said, back off. And some people are like that, and we need to be sensitive to them. Some people think that church or Jesus or Christianity is just not relevant to them. If you mention God, they'll either walk away, change the subject, or crack a joke or just make fun of you. They may look something like this. Now, what I want us to do now, I want us to break into groups of twos or three. And we should chat for two minutes. How would you respond to someone like this? How would you try and um, help them uh, connect to Jesus? Okay, I'm going to bring us back together now. Is the mic on? Yeah? Okay. So, um, do maybe a couple of people just want to shout out any helpful suggestions? Pray, brilliant. Pray is a good place to start. Excellent. The first place to start, really. Okay, anything else? Build a relationship. Build a relationship. Brilliant. Do fun stuff together. Yeah. Plant a seed. Plant a seed. Okay, what do you mean by that? Well, um, say something scripture and plant a seed of thought. When I say plant a seed of um, question, leave them with a question in their mind. 
<laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah. Gigs? Okay. Okay. I I would say yes, but be careful. So so you might you know drop a question in or uh, but also respect where they're at. If they suddenly start saying sticking their hand up, get the hint as well. So yeah, because Owen was making that point actually. The only reason Paul knew that Felix was sceptic because he actually did speak about Jesus. So sometimes you have to kind of speak before you know, but. Um, but then once you know, then you need to think, okay, what do I do next? Yeah? Ask God what they need to hear in that moment. Yeah, brilliant. Exactly. So kind of listen to ask God, be praying about it, listen to God's whispers, what he might say. He might, you know, give you a, a word for that person or just, you know, suggest why don't you, you know, help them with their uh, shopping or something. It could be anything practical. Like, yeah. Yeah? Try and find out why they don't Try and find out why they don't want to know. Okay, yeah, you could try that. Ask them why, why they've been like that. And sometimes it's about how we're communicating. And I had that in my dad. My dad did that to me, basically, because um, I kept talking about Jesus. And he was like, I don't want to know anymore. You know, don't, he literally told me not to, enough, you know. And so I didn't talk to him about Jesus for like three or four years because he, he didn't want to engage. But then eventually he did. Um, but yeah, I, I think yeah, I put him off by talking it too much. <laughs> Okay, let's, let's, let's move on. So, um, so I think I would just, thanks for those uh, suggestions. I do think praying is brilliant. Keep praying for opportunities, praying, listening, and seeing what God uh, says. Praying for them, you know, if, uh, if they're in need, offer to pray, pray for healing, uh, pray for God to move in their situation, uh, and, and maybe offer practical help. So if it's someone you know who might be in debt, you might be able to refer them to an organisation like Christians Against Poverty or to the food bank. Um, invite them to, to fun things, a fun social event, and to come play football with, with you or to, down the pub or to a house party where your kind of Christian mates and your, your non-Christian mates can kind of mix. But, but I probably wouldn't invite them to Alpha and I probably wouldn't invite them to church because I think people, when they're at this stage, they're, they're, not, they're not quite ready. They're not quite ready for that. It's interesting. Statistics have shown that a social event is, is just as effective in helping move someone along that, that kind of scale from minus 10 to, to, to 0 to plus 10, just as effective as doing something with a Christian speaker, whether that be Alpha or kind of like a, a, men's, a men's curry night with a guest speaker or, or, or a church service. It's just as effective, just to invite someone to a social event that's, that's maybe connected with, with, with church. Building those relationships is, is, is what's really key at, at this stage with people. And interestingly... The social events are better attended. You know, uh, we had more people uh, come to our uh, quiz night than we had come to our Alpha course. You know, pe- people like to do, you know, kind of fun social events, but there's opportunities to talk and people see us living differently when we do fun things together. At St Paul's, our um, community groups have organised uh, social events, for example, like a 70s disco uh, or St Paul's Got Talent. Or uh, others have just done simple things like going down the cinema together or going down the pub together. And I also think the things that we're already doing as churches uh, will really speak to people. So things like food bank, things like street pastors, the youth club, all these things will help to win sceptics over. When, the, when they see the good news in action, you know, it's fine to talk about you know, the good news, but actually to see it is different. Our, lives, our, our, words, sorry, our actions will speak much louder than our words. 
And so, you know, doing things like that really speaks, not just to the people helping, say, with Food Bank, but the community, you know, seeing us, think that, you know, you know, we get so much press coverage, um, you know, because of Food Bank, because they see it's a good thing. And that, that's wonderful, and that can help win the sceptics over. But thinking about, you know, your, uh, it's great, you know, I know a lot of you do food bank, you do youth, and that's brilliant. But also thinking about your neighbours and your work colleagues and your friends. What, what could the sort of things you do that might help them if they're a bit sceptical? Um, it could be that you do some kind of uh, unexpected act of kindness, like uh, giving them a helium balloon or doing their gardening or something. <laughs> it could be that you decide to set up a neighbourhood watch on your street and that's a way of kind of building relationships and doing something practical. Could just be making someone a cup of tea at work and just asking how they're doing. But going back to our early example, that the interesting thing about Felix was that he did keep asking Paul to come back. And then Paul got those opportunities to talk again, even though he had told Paul to go away. So we just need to be sensitive uh, to the person, sensitive to the spirit, respect where people are at and not try and uh, ram things down their throat or bash them overhead with a Bible. They will eventually ask questions. So some people are sceptics and some people are inquirers. This is where uh, Nicodemus was in John 3, someone who's open to talking about God. They might ask questions about faith. They maybe even ask you about your church or your faith. So thinking about the inquirer, how would you respond to them? What would you do to help them? Buzzing groups now for a couple of minutes. Okay, let's uh, come back together. Okay, let's, any, anyone want to suggest anything? Just shout it out. Send to Owen. Okay, that's one idea. Okay. <laughs> yeah, Bill. Don't use jargon. Okay, yeah, good. Find out what they already know. Yeah, it's good to know where, where they're coming from. Good. Anything else? No scripture, as in don't use scripture. Or as, no, you need to know it. Yeah, okay, fine. <laughs> Woohoo! <laughs> Worry me there a bit. Okay, great. Yeah, know your script. Know, know the Bible. Know, be able to tell a story. You know, um, with my, with my uh, sister, one of the things that was really helpful in bringing her to faith was telling her um, the story of the good, uh, sorry, tell the story of the lost son, the prodigal son, which is a really helpful way of helping her understand uh, about God. And so knowing some of the parables that Jesus told can be really helpful in in communicating uh, with, with people about, about God. So, yeah, know your scripture. But also, you might want to, hopefully most of you have got it on your phone by now. If you haven't, then download the app or whatever or, or, or you know, carry around a pocket Bible or something so you can, at any moment, be ready to, to kind of walk people through uh, the Bible. Great. Anything else? Um, I just would like add more fuel to the fire. So give us some resources, show some videos and books. Brilliant. Fantastic. Give them some resources. Give them some books. Um, things like, uh, I've given things like um, Chasing the Dragon or uh, The Cross and the Switchblade or things like that. Really kind of amazing Christian books that help uh, engage people. Or even just giving them, uh, you know, a Bible. Like I, 
we give these out to people sometimes at St Paul's, uh, New Believers Bible, or people at Food Bank, so, or, or Gospels as well. There's a church that's donated a whole load of Gospels for us to give out at Food Bank, which is brilliant. So, and they go like that. People want them. They want to read them. So just give them the scripture. Let God's word speak to people. That, that's how I became Christian. Someone gave me a Bible to read, and I read about Jesus, and that was the key thing that, that, that led me to, to faith in Jesus. So just giving people God's word when they're at this stage uh, can, can be really helpful. Anything else? Telling your story, telling your testimony, brilliant. Explain to them about why, um, yeah, what God has done in, in your life. And I just want to say a little bit, a little bit about this. Um, uh, Bill Harbour's written a really good book uh, about, um, about evangelism called Just Walk Across the Room. Uh, and it's probably the best book I've ever read on, on evangelism. He just talks about kind of listening to God's whispers and, and then making that step across the room just to talk to somebody. And one of the things that he says is about our, our testimonies is that he reckons your testimony should be no more than 100 words. Okay? No more than 100 words. Uh, it should be a before and after faith story. So, uh, and saying what difference Jesus made. So this is his testimony. He, he says this. He says, there was a time in my life when I was absolutely certain that the only way to gain God's favour was to perform, achieve and strive. But then I met the Son of God in a powerful way and I learned that the only way to gain his favour was to accept his gift of grace. Almost immediately it brought an overwhelming peace to my soul and an end to useless striving and a revolutionary change to my entire world. That's 79 words. People aren't asking for your entire life story. When I was one, I used to puke a lot. Then when I was two, I learned how to throw food at daddy. And then when I was three, no, 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 no. Keep it brief, keep it humble, easy to understand and real. You want just to kind of whet people's appetite, give them a taste, and then you can talk more. But initially, you know, people aren't waiting for, you know, for an hour's kind of life story. This is your life. They just want to... What difference has Jesus made? How can you, you know, say that in, in a nutshell? So thank you for that. Really, really important to do that. Anyone else got any other suggestions? Oh, lots. Yeah, Ruth. Um, ask a question about why they're asking so many more questions. Try to talk about what, really, what is really going on rather than just explaining. Yeah, excellent. That's, that's kind of what Jesus did a lot, actually. He just asked lots of questions. Someone asked him a question, Jesus often responded with a question. You know, and actually trying to find out what, what, what's the real thing going on? What's the real issue you know, that, that you're struggling with that might be that barrier to someone... Um, coming to faith. Brilliant. Thank you. Anyone else? Invite them to church. Why not? If they're inquiring, it's a great place. You know, invite them to church. They can come and hear more. Uh, you know, again, that's what happened to me. I, I didn't become a Christian in isolation of the church. Someone invited me to come and hear more and experience what it means to be part of a Christian community. Yeah. Brilliant. Yeah. So listen to see if they're ready to kind of make that that kind of step over to, uh, I mean, I'm going to come on in, in, in a minute to, uh, to that stage. I think that's a slightly different stage. I, th I think this is, um, yeah, this stage, we might not be ready quite, they might be, and we have to be set discerned to the spirit, and some people, you know, they become, they'll become Christian like that. Some people might take them five years, so it's been sensitive where that person might be at rather than trying to rush in. But certainly it may well be that, that they might be in that position to, to, to say, a, say a prayer of commitment to Jesus. Okay, someone else had some suggestions? Yeah, yeah. Brilliant. So people need to know you care before they care about what you know, yeah? So um, it's important that we listen. We've got two ears, one mouth, yeah? Use them in that proportion. 
you know, so, so listen is so key. Listening to people, building friendships, building trust. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, definitely. A excellent. So all the stuff we talked about already for the sceptic equally applies to the inquirer. And we need to continue loving the person. Yeah, no, brilliant. Thank you. Anyone else? This is amazing. I'll, I'll, I won't be preaching anymore. I'll just sit down and let you guys go. <laughs> okay, peace. Yeah. yeah, brilliant. Don't, don't fake it. If you don't know, just say, I don't know. You can come back, you can do some research, and then be able to give them a better answer. But yeah, sometimes, and sometimes there is no answer that they're going to be happy with. We just have to say, I don't know. Or this is what I know. You might not like it, but yeah, great. Okay. Um, also, Paul, you said invite them to Alpha, didn't you? That was your suggestion, yeah, which, again, is Alpha's great. When people who are at this stage, at the choir stage, great person can come and ask questions and hear more about Jesus. And I think we had a really good Alpha, to, uh, you know, together. It was mainly run by St Paul's and uh, Beacon together, the last Alpha course we did at Gromier. And, and I know there's a post-Alpha group uh, uh, form, which is brilliant. So can be, Alpha can be brilliant as well. Right, uh, I don't think there's anything else for me to say, really. I was going to, I was... <laughs> yeah, no, that, I won't. I think that's probably it. I'm not going to say anything else. That'll do. Okay, right, let's move on to the next bit. Uh, so, um, two ways to live. Has anyone come across this before? No? Yeah, no, yeah, no. Um, okay, we're going to see. Everyone's got a bit of paper, yeah? Looks like this. Okay, so... I want you to draw six boxes on this bit of paper, okay? So draw a line across like this, and then two lines like that, okay? Not six random shape boxes, but kind of six equal boxes like that, a little bit of a grid like that, can you do that? So on here, I'm just going to show you a, um, very quickly, another way that you can help explain uh, the good news to an inquirer, or anybody really, but... but Particularly if they're asking questions, this is a good time you can start to, to do this. So on your first uh, bit of paper, I'll go and help. So you need to draw uh, a, a circle to represent the world and uh, a person, and then just above the person, uh, uh, a, a crown. And obviously the, world, the circle represents the world, the person represents the person, and then the crown represents God, the, the creator and loving ruler of the world. You can do this, it doesn't have to be a bit of paper. I've done this with a napkin before, beer mat. Uh, you can, and for those who aren't very good at drawing, there's even an app, okay, called Two Ways to Live that you can download on your phone or your iPad or whatever, and, and, and you can go through this. So God's a loving ruler of the world. He made the world and he made us rulers of the world under him. Revelation 4.11 says, You are worthy, our Lord and God, to receive glory and honour and power, for you created all things, and by your will we were created and have their being. So that's kind, of, that's, what, that's kind of God's plan, that's what life's meant to be like. But the problem is that we, we've rejected God. We've said, actually, no, we're not interested. So we kind of put a cross on the crown, do it, do it again in the world, and then we've got our own little crown now away from the world. We've rejected the rule of God by trying to run our life our own way about him, but we fail to rule ourselves or society or the world. And Romans 3, 10 to 12 says, there is no one righteous, not even one. There is no one that understands. No one who seeks God, all have turned away. So you might want to write down the Bible verses as well so you can look them up later. So number three, you probably can't see it very well, but number, number three 
is that you know God he won't let us rebel forever, um, and he he gives us what we ask for. The the wages of sin are death. The punishment for sin is death. And so the result is that um, if you can't see very well, this is a a man lying horizontal on the ground now. And Hebrews nine twenty seven says. Man, uh, humans are destined to die once and after that to face judgment. But God loves us and he doesn't want us to stay like that. He doesn't want us to stay like that. So God sent his son Jesus into the world, the man Jesus Christ. So draw the world again, draw God's crown back up there again and draw, well, it's basically Jesus on the cross there. I'm sure you can use your creative geniuses to do that and then a little J to represent Jesus. Because God loved, God sent his son into the world, the man Jesus Christ, and Jesus always lived under God's rule. Yet by dying in our place, he took our punishment and brought forgiveness. 1 Peter 3, 18 says, Christ died for sins once for all, the righteous for the unrighteous, to bring you to God. But that is not all. God raised Jesus to life again, the ruler of the world. So... Another crown with a J in it, and then uh, the world. Jesus has conquered death and now gives new life, and he will return uh, to, to judge the world. 1 Peter 3 says, In his great mercy he's given us new birth into living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. So where does that leave us? Well, there are two ways that we can live. We have a choice. There's our way, reject the ruler, God, and try to run life in our own way. And so this is a, another person standing up with a crown on their head. That's one way we can live. But we know the result of that. We end up back here. We end up uh, facing death and judgment. Or... There's God's new way. We submit to Jesus as our ruler and we rely on Jesus' death and his resurrection. So we have uh, a person standing here with uh, underneath the, the authority of God and authority of Jesus. And the result is that we are forgiven by God and that we are given eternal life and life in all its fullness. John 3, 36 Whoever believes in the Son has eternal life, but whoever rejects the Son will not see life, for God's wrath remains on him. And then at that point, um, we, we can encourage people to make a choice which way they're going to live. And actually, there isn't, there isn't a sitting on the fence option in reality. There are only two choices. There's not three choices. There's two choices. You either live under Jesus' rule or you don't. And that's, that's what we need to present to people. Um, and sometimes we miss out on that bit and we just hope that they'll get there on their own. But sometimes we need to actually say to people, well, you've got a choice here, you need to make a decision. You can't just sit on the fence. Thank you for that. Has everyone managed to copy it down? Brilliant. Could we go to the next slide, please? Okay, supporter now. So Nicodemus moves on in his journey. In John 7, he says this, finally, the temple guards went back to the chief priests and Pharisees who asked him, why didn't you bring him in? No one ever spoke to this man this way, does the guards declared. You mean he's deceived you also, the Pharisees retorted. 
Has any one of the rulers or the Pharisees believed in him? No. But this mob that knows nothing of the law, there is a curse on them. Nicodemus, who had gone to Jesus earlier, who was one of their own number, asked, Does our law condemn a man without first hearing him to find out what he's doing? They replied, Are you from Galilee? Two, look into it and you'll find that a prophet does not come out of Galilee. They went each to his own home and here Nicodemus is, is a clear, clearly a supporter. He sticks up for him. People who we know who are supporters will be pro-church, pro-Jesus, but will not actually come to church themselves. They may attend the odd service or been to Alpha, but they may not be a believer. Maybe they look something like this. So what do we do with people when they're at this stage? Well, again, all the stuff we talked about already is really important. We need to pray for these people. Pray that the Holy Spirit will convict them and bring them to faith in Jesus. 1 Corinthians 12, 3 says, No one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. So, again, this is a good point where you might want to invite someone to church or to Alpha. And uh, you've all been given a little business card, I think, when you came in. You know, you've got these, you've got these invitations here that you can use, carry them around your wallet or your purse, and invite people to Beacon. It's a really easy thing to do. Come and see. And if people are at that stage, this might be the best thing uh, to do. Another way you might uh, encourage them is to volunteer in a, a ministry team. Uh, so helping out the food bank, for example. It's great that we have lots of people from the community help out uh, at food bank. And we've been had, just by doing that, we've been able to get to know them, build a relationship, uh, and, and, and hopefully at some point they will uh, come to faith themselves. Another way is to give them a copy of the Bible or a gospel to read. Share your testimony, as we've heard earlier, and challenge them why they're not a Christian. Go through two ways to live or another uh, a story to help you. Okay, the next uh, stage, if we revisit the life of Nicodemus again, uh, he's moved on once more. This is just after Jesus had died, John 19, 38. Afterwards, Joseph of Arimathea, who had been a secret disciple of Jesus, because he feared the Jewish leaders, asked Pilate for permission to take down Jesus' body. When Pilate gave permission, Joseph came and took the body away. And with him came Nicodemus, the man who came to Jesus at night. He brought 75 pounds of perfume ointment made from myrrh and aloes, and following Jesus' burial customs, they wrapped Jesus' body with spices in long sheets of linen cloth. The place of crucifixion was near a garden, and there was a new tomb never used before. And so because, because it was the day of preparation for the Jewish Passover, and since the tomb was close at hand, they laid Jesus there. This is someone who has now been born again and has made that step to believe. And maybe they look something like this. <laughs> Sometimes people uh, can uh, grow up in a Christian family and they can't remember when they first believed. And that's okay. The main thing is that they believe. But others of us, there might be a moment, uh, a journey where we, we come to faith. And, and, and that's the same for those that we know. How are we to respond to a new believer? Well, I think it's really important that we help them to read the Bible every day, get them into a habit of reading the Bible. Um, someone gave me some uh, daily, I think it was every day with Jesus I was, I was given. Uh, and I read through that and I've continued to read the Bible ever since. And um, there's, there's some really good free ones. We, we give these out at Food Bank as well called The Worth for Today. They're free. You can order them for your friends. There's an uh, online version as well, a really kind of simple Bible study notes to help people get into God's Word. And give them a Bible. If they don't have a Bible, give them a Bible uh, so they can be reading, reading the Bible together. Uh, also, get them to tell their friends and their family about their new faith. 
Uh, you know, people are really excited when they come to know Jesus for the first time. That's the moment to get them out there, get, start getting evangelising, telling everyone else about Jesus. And also encourage them to get baptised uh, straight away. Uh, we don't need to wait around. Jesus said, you know, repent and be baptised. The Ethiopian um, uh, eunuch, you know, here's some water. Why should I get baptised? Get baptised, you know, don't, don't mess around. And, uh, and then, yeah, invite them to church and Alpha and all the other things that we've talked about. And also I'd encourage uh, getting stuck into a, a small group. Uh, I know you've got prayer groups here at Beacon uh, and, and your community group as well. And being part of a group is really important in that early stage, in any stage of our faith, uh, as we support one another in our faith. Uh, last but not least, we want people to become wholehearted disciples, serving God with their whole lives. Someone who's uh, regularly worshipping on a Sunday, part of a prayer group, serving on a ministry team, giving financially to support the vision of the church. Someone active in their faith, committed to prayer and studying the Bible. And maybe they look something like this. <laughs> if you are uh, part of uh, this church, I want to encourage you and enable you to be wholehearted for God. If you want to grow as a disciple of Jesus, get stuck in. Don't hang around the edges. Join a ministry team, join a prayer group, give sacrifice of your time and your money. It's often when we focus on these things which are other focused that actually we find our own needs get met as well. So we've seen today that all of us have something to say. We've got the best news uh, in the whole world. We've got the key to eternal life. We've experienced it personally and we've got good news to share ourselves. Stories are powerful. We can share our story we can share God's story. And we need to learn to tell both stories well. Earlier we heard about Nicodemus's challenge to Nicodemus, sorry, Jesus' challenge to Nicodemus to be born again. And it may be that you are here and you've never made that decision to be born again. Maybe you've heard the good news, but you've never made that step to accept Jesus as your saviour and Lord. And you can do that in a moment. Or maybe you've prayed that prayer a long time ago, but you kind of recently come back to church. You can pray a prayer of recommitment as well. And we're just going to say a simple uh, prayer that's going to come up on the screen, asking God to forgive us and to come into our lives by his spirit. I'll just give you a moment just to read that now uh, before we pray. So if you do want to uh, pray this uh, prayer, I think if we, just, if we all bow, uh, bow our heads, Close our eyes. I'm just going to say this prayer out loud and just repeat the words in your heart if you want to pray it along with me. Lord Jesus Christ. I'm sorry for the things that I've done wrong in my life. Please forgive me. I turn now from everything that I have done wrong. Thank you that you died on the cross for me so that I could be forgiven and set free. Thank you that you offer me forgiveness and the gift of your spirit. I now receive that gift. Please come into my life by your Holy Spirit to be with me forever. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Amen. 
Now, if we could just keep our, our eyes closed uh, and our heads bowed. Uh, if you did pray that prayer, I just want you just to stick out your hand. No one else is looking. Um, just stick out your hand so I can thank God. Thank you. Thank you, God. Okay. Lord, we thank you uh, for doing that work today, Lord, and just pray that you will um, help us all, Lord, to, uh, to follow you and to share the good news that you've given us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Okay, uh, everyone, you can uh, open your eyes and raise your heads. Uh, if you did pray that prayer today, I want to say uh, welcome uh, to the family of God. It's great uh, to have you with us. And uh, do uh, make yourself known to Owen. Fill out the, the, the welcome card uh, uh, that we were showing earlier. And we'd love to help you on your journey in your faith. Um, to finish, um, I've asked Owen if he could pray a kind of commissioning prayer for us to, to sort of send us out in the power of the Spirit. Because actually, uh, you know, we can have all the strategies and the tactics in the world, but without the Holy Spirit, it's not going to happen. You know, it's the Holy Spirit that empowers us, that equips us, uh, that, will, that will bring uh, people to faith in Christ. So, Owen, would you like to come pray for us? Um, I want to thank you, Ben, for that just great word that great encouragement that presentation but before I, I pray to commission us I just want us to pray for Ben and Rachel um, they just um, carry such a role in what we're doing in Brixton and uh, they're managing so much and they're having to do so much and you know they're here with one of their children they got four but three of them are like ill and got ill this morning so I'd, I'd love us just to pray pray for you guys is that okay so can you just come and stand here and then we'll commission and why don't we stand as a church and one or two people just come around them where you're already close. Just come, just come around them and lay hands on them. And uh, let's all just begin to pray. Let's just pray for them. Can we just lift our voices and pray that God will bless this couple, that God, they'll know the strength of God in all that they do. They'll know the hand of God in what they do. Father, we pray for uh, Ben and Rachel. We, we want to thank you for today. We want to thank you for the word that you placed on Ben's heart to deliver to us. And Lord, we pray that that will bear fruit. But I just pray for this couple. Lord, I just pray that your hand of blessing and protection will be upon them. Oh God, I just pray that you will give them the grace that they need to do all that you've called them to. Lord, I, I thank you for the, the gifts that you've given, particularly to Ben, to be a bridge builder and to be uh, someone who sort of networks, gets around with people. I thank you for that ability he's got to evangelize Lord God it comes out when he talks of his own testimony and and his testimony for seeing his sister saved and others touched by the spirit father I pray that you would increase that work uh, in him and Lord I pray your protection on them on their marriage Lord I pray your protection upon them as a family Lord I pray that you would overshadow them keep them healthy I pray for health to come to this family Lord God where there has been sickness we pray for health Lord, where there has been things that have bound them up, we pray that you would set them free. And Father, where they have to carry things, I think within, within the church at St. Paul's, I pray, give Ben wisdom, give him great grace, I ask it. Uh, and Lord, I just ask your, that you would continue to bless the work of their hands, bless what they do in St. Paul's, bless what he does with the Brixton churches together, bless the vision he's got for, for Lambeth and prayer right across the borough. We ask your blessing upon them in Jesus' name. Amen.
And now I just want to ask us all just to to lift our hands uh, to God, that God has spoken to us, I'm sure, in many, many different ways. Some of us, he's spoken to us uh, through through this message that we've been encouraged in terms of our, our witness and our evangelism. For others, he spoke to us earlier when we laid our burdens at the cross. And in a sense, there's for each of us, there's something to come and give thanks for. Maybe for some of us, we, it, he's blessed us with salvation. Maybe we prayed that prayer in our hearts and we responded to Jesus. And so, Lord, we, we want to, in these moments, give ourselves to you. We say, Lord, we are yours and we are here in order to serve you. Lord, we sang a song earlier about selfless faith. We pray right now that you would help our faith to be selfless. You would help our faith to be something that we can share and give out to people uh, without question about our own selves. Lord, we thank you for even that, that powerful testimony of Ruth, that if we saw things for ourselves, we would function differently. We would act differently. Again, God, we pray that in the spirit, we would function differently as a result of even what we've heard this morning. Father, I pray that you would send us out this day equipped, that we would go equipped. Lord, we would go equipped to be able to reach out to our neighbours and our friends with the love of Jesus, with the words of Jesus. Lord, we thank you that we've all met people like Nicodemus. We've all met people who who are inquiring, who are sceptical about things. And Father, I pray that as a result of today, we will feel more equipped and encouraged to reach out to them with the love of Christ. And Father, I pray that some of us will go out far lighter than we came, when we came in because you have taken the burdens from us. And Lord, for many of us, you've taken burdens that we've carried. But Lord, for others, it might be for the first time in our lives, you have taken the burden of sin from our hearts. And we pray, Lord Jesus, that as we go today, we will go equipped in you. We will go full of the spirit and full of the joy of the Lord. Just like that picture that Ben showed at the end. We thank you, Lord, that you're with us. We thank you for this word. I pray that every seed that has been planted will bear much fruit in the life. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.